0: where do we begin? I just want to, I feel like we're at such a time. There's a lot going on, and I just, I felt like God sent me today to, to minister a message of just getting us, making, keeping us on track. I'm telling that right from the beginning. So I'm going to push a few buttons here. They're God's buttons are pushing them, right? So he was pretty straightforward when he was on the earth. So I just want to remind us of who we are. I want to remind us that we are children of the King of kings and Lord of lords. That we actually aren't here on the earth to be, just live a fan, happy life and go on here and there. We're actually here for a purpose, and that's to love Him. Yeah. And it's interesting, this is off here a little bit, but this week I got this crazy little revelation, and I'm going to try to say it without you guys missing it, is you know how we, um, we talk about eternity and we're going to live in heaven forever and all this stuff? And I also had this, the side of the Lord's heart is like, Kevin, makes, like I really, really do want my people here on earth. While they're living on earth, to find out who they are, for, for not just because we're supposed to change the kingdom and show other people, but he had almost the side of him, it was like, because I have to spend eternity with you guys too. I know it's funny, but if you actually think about it, he actually wants that relationship. And we're always about, oh, change, do this for us, do this for this, but he actually wants to spend time. But he wants to spend time with people that actually know that he's a good father. Yeah. That he's in a good mood and he's happy and he's not worried and he sits in the heavens and laughs while we all are confused and don't know what's going on. He's the God that says, Come to the banqueting table and the feast before your enemies. Yeah, Get that? He's the God that actually says, Hey, I'm gonna send my son, who's the the, the, the greatest and could be the, the most leader of the, the natural world, and instead he sends this Jesus and he goes, Hey, I'm gonna wash your feet. I'm gonna be a servant of all. I'm not Jesus didn't look for position. He didn't need to because he knew who he was. And he put the same thing into you guys. Oh, man. So, Genesis 1, 26 to 28. I'm going to start right here, some basic stuff. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let, may, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth. And every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female and he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it from do- to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and have every living thing that moves on the earth. What's the, the main thing there? To have dominion. Do you live a lifestyle that you realize that you're living with dominion? Wow. That was the mandate for us. And we'll get into it, but Jesus made sure we got back to that position of dominion. We're supposed to be living on dominion right now. But so often, I think the part of the problem is, is we get confused with living in this natural realm. We're born, of course, because we're born into just on the Earth, we're born, which is true, but we're spiritual beings. And we and so often we I feel like the, the enemy gets us so focused on what's around us. Oh, what's the latest, coolest clothing, what's the latest car, what's the latest thing? Do you have the bigger thing? And instead of realizing we're spiritual beings, and then I'm actually an eternal being. And I actually so often use just this mind to, to make decisions instead of letting the Holy Spirit deal with my spirit, and first actually listen to our spirit. Because he made us in his image. And I'm not gonna try to break down too much theology there, but God's also, he's he's a spiritual being. So I can't tell you, some there's theologies that say, well maybe God does look like a human being, some say it doesn't, lots of theologies saying like it's a he's a spirit and that's the part that's eternal within us, but that we've actually gone away so much from that. At church we're really good at it, oh, should I go here? Should I go here? At church we're really good in the charismatic movement to be Filled and be, oh, we're, it's the spirits, the Spirit. It's the spirit. always the Spirit's fault if we look stupid. Oh, did I say that? Oh. I didn't say that. But, um, but, it's, but it's true. But are we actually spiritual out there? Because we're a spiritual being 24-7. Are you a spiritual being? Are you making decisions that are actually affecting eternity? Or are you just making decisions to figure out how you're going to retire? Man, I'm jumping ahead, but I'm telling you right now, I don't it's okay, is that there is so much going on right now, oh, I shouldn't go here, it's later on, but I have to because it's on me right now. You guys, God is moving. He is doing amazing things. I get it. There's a lot, I don't want to get political. There's a lot of weird things going on, but what's our focus? What's our focus? And I get it. You know what? You guys, I love it. Brent reminds the church a lot what theology is. It's man's opinion of scripture. It's man's interpretation of scripture. Okay, can we state? I want you to say that so that we don't fight over, because I'm gonna make a little bit of some people in the room will like it, some people won't. Is that we're we're getting way too caught up of how the end works. We're so concerned with the end, we haven't figured out the beginning yet. We haven't figured out Genesis yet that we're supposed to be living in dominion, instead we're so worried about is is the mark here? Is it is it the end? Is the rapture next? You guys. Yeah. No, Kevin. I don't find Jesus coming and telling his disciples to be worrying about the end. Actually, what we find out is that Jesus doesn't even know the end. Only the Father does. So how in the world are so many books out there that tell us the end? Like how, guys? Coming, it's, it's really bad in the charismatic church. Yeah, yeah. We're so consumed with how the end looks, we're forgetting about Jesus. And we actually, if you look at church history, that's what kills the move of God. Which is weird because, no, you can't be killing the end because we're, we're, it's well Jesus coming. You know what? I'm telling something. This is controversial, but I don't care. Guess what? If you really believe that he's coming back in the next couple of weeks or whatever because everything, I, I'm fine with that. I actually don't mind. If that's what you feel God is, I'm not against you. But if you really believe it, sell your stuff and go after souls. Sell so everything you got. If you really believe that God has told you he's coming back. I, I think Some of these guys that sell their books that, that say this stuff, they need to sell everything they have and go after souls because they really believed it. We'd go for it, which we we're supposed to be living anyways. Yeah, on, if we really believe, let's live a lifestyle of what we believe. Yeah, if we believe and run around on Sunday morning, the power of God's real, which I believe. He moves in signs and wonders, which I believe. Miracles tea, I believe. Stop worrying about if Corona's going to kill you or something else is going to kill you. let like, like, like Live today for eternity. Yeah. Let God be God and actually trust Him. Yeah, come on. Come on. I'm a little bit wired up about this. <laughs> I am because because like during our, our time away, I just got so, God just spoke to me so clearly. Kevin, don't get distracted. Remind the church of what they're supposed to be doing. I'm not actually concerned, I'm not saying, I believe some people are supposed to rise up within, within the church and fight certain things and stand up for certain things. I believe that the church is supposed to be a, uh, the seven mountains of influence, There should be a politics, should be in the schools, but uh, find out, like, like Jeremy just was saying, it's about Jesus, find out what Jesus is talking about for you. Yeah. Yeah, come on. And then please do your own, get some real research. Yeah. If you're going to start fighting for something, please do it well. Yeah. Some of the stuff I get sent is so bizarre. I'm like, who? And what? Like, why can't we have somebody that actually, send me something that somebody actually knows of declaring that the world's ending. Come on. (laughs) No, you guys. I got told the other day, oh, I'm starting to sound like Chris Walton. Complaining up here. (laughs) I better be careful. But I got told the other day that God was leaving, he was done with America and he was leaving it. I said, okay, how does that work? Well, the prophet said this. Well, okay, that's great. But first of all, how does that work? Because I still feel the Holy Spirit in me. Yeah, and I'm here. I'm going to be a light. we got a whole room of them. So I, I, I know, know that the Windward doesn't, he hasn't left Windward. Yeah. But we have to be careful what we say. Because yeah, how do we get people saved when they hear, hey, I heard your God left, the, left us? <laughs> what are you going to tell them? Now, hey, do you want to follow him? Well, where, what country is he in? No, seriously, folks, we got to grow up. Amen. We have to grow up. I honestly, the other day, I just was with the Lord, and I, and I, I said, Lord, I, help us because I'm thankful that China's banned Facebook. Because the stuff that I get sent, if you send it to the, the Christians in China that are giving up their life every day, that are contending for the kingdom of heaven and seeing a harvest, if they saw that we are declaring that we're fully persecuted here, like they must be like, whoa, they must be, no wonder they're sending us missionaries. No, it's true. They are. We have to live from an, from an eternal perspective. Not be foolish. I'm not trying to jump into I've been part of things where people just, oh, I'm supposed to go. Well, how are you doing that? Oh, God will just pay for it. Okay, then why next month you're asking us to pay your bills? No, it's true. We've got to get the real kingdom of God in our lives. That's what, that's what this is all about. Ephesians 1, 18 to 23 says, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of hope of his calling. We are in a battle of hope, guys. Every moment, every day, you need to be a hope carrier in this time. But the only way you can be a hope carrier is if you actually fix your eyes, like it said, or that we have the light of God illuminating from us. Flooding you with light. I want to be flooded with light. Until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. Guess what? That's his. What's, what's God's inheritance? Us. Are we going to get changed? Are we really going from glory to glory? Are we really being filled with his spirit? Are we really saying, Lord, change me and, and actually touching people for his inheritance? He did everything on his part. He bankrupted heaven so that we could be his inheritance. Oh, we gotta, we just got we gotta get real. I'm preaching to myself, guys. I'm preaching. I want more. I want more. If, if you study history, you get you, you you read about these great men and women of God that's gone forth. It's always when they actually started getting real with themselves. You read about this a great book that's easy to read, Bill Johnson, Defining Moments. It's actually an incredible book. And you read about it. These amazing people, they're doing this, they're doing that. They're doing amazing stuff, which we think is great to get to. And all of a sudden they go, "Hmm, this is good. I'm seeing miracles, but it's not enough. It doesn't still add up to everything Jesus was doing. And he said, I was going to do greater things. And all of a sudden you see a shift in their life and they say, I'm done with this. I'm going all in. And you're looking at them going, what do you mean? You were already all in. These people have these ministries and all that stuff. But then it changes. The presence and the power come to another level. (laughs) We want to experience that. Man, we should not be content, and we still shouldn't be content until somebody starts here getting some, some of their shadow healing people. Yeah, come on. Come on. No, but that's in the Bible. Like, we, we, I, 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 I don't want to just throw that out there and pass it because we actually are supposed to be having our healing. Like, our, our hospitals should be emptied. Yeah, they really, really should be because we carry the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. We need to engage in it. And stop worrying so much, oh, how is everything? If, we're, if you're sitting at home worried that it's the, this stuff's going to affect you, then you've got to look and read your Bible and say, I affect the world. Yeah, I'm not saying there's some dangerous stuff. There's some people that have issues and health issues. I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to put down anybody, but I am saying we need to get real. And let's see them rise up. Yeah. Come on, God is so good. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available through faith. Come on. Church, then your lives will be advertisements of the immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. What does it say? To advertise. Where is, where is adver, Are you an advertisement? That's literally, this is a shameless plug for our school. I'm telling you, that's what burns with me for this school is to actually equip. I want to learn in. We have to be continual learners. You have to live life. And if you start thinking you've got it all, if you've been saved 50 years, that's great. You probably know a lot. But isn't there more? I've got eternity to learn about God. But in the school, it's a bunch of people coming together to equip and work together to actually believe this so that we keep on learning and having our minds renewed that we actually can do this stuff. And I'm telling you, we've seen the change in our church. We've seen changes in our leaders. We've seen changes because this word is true. God's word doesn't come back void. When you speak over it, things choose. But it's when you choose to agree with the word. Yeah. Can I say that again? When you choose to agree with the word. When I choose to actually live this out. Because yeah, right. I, can, I can read this all day. I know people that know this Bible bay better than me, but there's nothing functionally happening in their life. Until the spirit and the word come together, yeah. reading it alive and active Seeing that it actually changes you and you taking responsible and saying, wait a minute, God gave me free will, so I actually have to choose to follow this stuff. What do you mean? Well, no, God wants you to do that. He'll force you to. No, he won't. He said he won't. He said, come follow me. He didn't say, I put a rope around you and I'm going to drag you. It's true. I've missed out on so many opportunities because I have listened to that lie where it's like, oh, if it's supposed to happen, it'll just happen. We're responsible, and, and, and we need to, right now, I think, oh, we need to, a lot of us need to just repent of blaming others for where we are in the Lord. No, for real. We need to repent of blaming others, family members, leaders, friends. You're never going to be able, that's not going to work on in, in heaven. It's not going to work on Judgment Day. It won't. You're responsible. Well, I'm called to this, and the leaders aren't putting me in the position. If you're called to it, it can't be stopped. I want to lead people, then lead people. Well, you didn't give me a position. What are you talking about? Jesus put you out there. Go find some people. No, 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 I'm called to lead multitudes. Well, where are they? I'm telling you. I've tried to run away from this. Anyone knows me? It's true. When you're called, you're called. I literally used to teach people that. I don't do it as much. I used to say, if you really think you're called, run the other direction as fast as you can. Because you'll know then. Because you're going to need it someday. There's days you're going to have to go, okay, I know that I'm called. Are you sure? I know I'm called. Because I tried everything not to go that direction. It's true. Well, what do you mean? It's supposed to be fun. It's the kingdom of God. Ask Jesus how that was. He went went to the cross with joy. Why? Because he had the eternal perspective. He saw us in glory. He saw us with him, experiencing the fullness. Yeah, come on, come on. And he's going, hey, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. Oh, wow, I'm not getting anywhere here. Um, <laughs> one, one, oh boy, half a page of 27. Um, this will be continued. Um, this is the mighty power. Oh, no, I read that. And now he exalted as a, uh, as a first above every ruler and authority and government. And realm of power and existence. Okay, so he is over everybody, right? So this is the contention we live in. He's the ruler. But then he tells them, pay Caesar what is Caesar's. I'm not going to go too far in this. But we have to actually, this is why it's so important, out of relationship. The kingdom, our relationship, our life is supposed to be built out of relationship. But it's actually not out of rules. It's out of relationship. It's out of, cover, it's out of knowing what he wants you to do in that moment. Because those are the moments that will shift your life. It's the moments where you choose to go forward. It's the moments, wow, I'm all over my mess. It's the moments like David. Let's talk about David for a second. David shows up at a battlefield to see his brothers and bring food. Now, you set up the thing, all these guys are scared because there's a huge giant. Well, there was a moment in David's life he had to make a choice. Because we read it as if we already know the story. Well, that's David and Goliath. No, David had to come there just like you are today. He had to come there and see the mocking of God's people. And he had to choose right there, being young, not being, being set up. He wasn't the, the general. He had no control over anything. All he knew was, that's wrong, and I'm going to do something about it. And I'm telling you, I don't believe that David, and this is my own little thing, I don't believe David just was like, oh, this is going to be easy. I'll just go throw the, the rock in his I think he was chose just to say, nope, God's good. I'm ready to go for it. I'm ready to step into it. Because I don't know about you, but when you read the Psalms and David's Psalms, that guy was moving and some stuff that was in the New Covenant. I don't know. That's, if you ever study that, it's incredible. David talked about things that he shouldn't have understood yet. But, so he had true relationship. So what happens? He's at a defining moment. He gets up there, kills Goliath, Goliath goes down, cuts off the head, and guess what? The Philistines are running. Now, this is a word right now for the church, I believe. You better be excited for David. And the rest of you watching the Davids right now killing the Goliaths, get behind him and start killing those Philistines too. Take ground, you guys. This is, an open, this is an amazing time because we always talk about how David did it, but we forget that the rest of the Israelites chased after and killed the Philistines. The body came together. It was not just a defining moment for David. It was a defining moment for all of Israel. And then we skip up years ahead, and we have another defining moment. Not a good one this time. You've got David, and he's, and he's not at war what he's supposed to be doing. He got sidetracked. He's not where he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be leading his people. He's not supposed to be sitting on the top of his castle, just hanging out, staring at naked women. That's what happened. I love it. Chris talked about the relatives Talked about the other day. It wasn't like Chris, uh, like David didn't have enough women. But what happens when you're bored? What happens when you lose vision? You go and you think you start thinking you lack something. And he takes something that's not his. It's another defining moment that shifts his life again. Yeah, come on. I'm bringing this up because all defining moments are just good things. Defining moments will shift your path the other way. Yeah. Now, we do know what happens. Nathan comes. He loses his son. But it's, God still loves David. I'm not saying that. God will still love you. But it shifts your path. And guess what? David was accountable for that. He couldn't blame. Oh, no, no, no. It was because this. And it was this. And God, he just... No! David made the choice that day. David chose. What's your moment? What's your defining moment right now? You got Peter and the disciples. What's their defining? Come, follow me. Okay. They had no idea what was next. He's asking you today, come follow me again. Just come. Come follow me and see what happens. Yes, yes. But spend time with me. If you read the Gospels, there's a lot of stuff in there about what the disciples did and where wasn't right. So he's like, on them, don't do that. No, I'm not here for that. Now this is the contention. I, I, I have a hard time even ministering this because I've, there's this contention out there. because I do believe to fight for your freedoms and, and do this stuff. But then you also look in Scripture and Jesus comes and he doesn't even worry about the, the Jews, uh, when, about the fact that they're under control of Romans. Which is bizarre to me. I'm a fighter. I'm not saying don't, because I'm not saying that's theology now not to. I'm saying find out what you're supposed to be doing this hour. Because he was raising up people for what? To have dominion. Oh, I can go a lot on there. i got to keep going. Uh, and now he's exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, realm of power, and existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age to come. You guys, he's still in that place. I'm telling you, he is not up there going... Oh, it's not going good down there, so I must not be a good leader. He's not. He's like, they got to remember who they are. They have to remember who they are, church. You know what? I brought up China. One of the greatest things China's moving in is because they're not scared to die for him. There's no sting to them. It's their greatest honor for them. It's so actually what happens when, the, when, when Peter and these and other disciples choose at the end, they literally all give up their lives for him. Why? Because they knew he was worth it. Yeah. But some of us need to get saved enough to know it's worth it. I think it was Charles Wesley that said the, the church gets people saved enough to get forgiven and into the doors they don't get them saved enough to actually do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. God loves the church, just so you know. I really want to say that because he loves the church. He actually, it's, like, it's like when we see our kids, it's like, oh, you can do better, you can do better, we can do better. And some of us need to stir ourselves We're charismatic for a reason. It's interesting. I love it because um, Nancy has said something in the of like, let's go after it, let's give our war. And I'm like, oh, I love the charismatics. I grew up in the Mennonite Baptist world, right? And it's interesting. I said, look, I just wanted to quickly, def- I typed to define charismatic, exercising compelling charm which inspires devotion in others. Are you being charismatic outside the church? No. We need you to be charismatic outside the church. When people see your life, do they want to be a part of it? Yes. When you bring hope. I'll tell you, it's hilarious. We're on, we're on our uh, holidays, and, and we end up meeting some people. We're talking to them, and they end up literally all of a sudden wanting to be, like, very careful. Love it that you came into our campsite. It's awesome. But they literally just came into our trailer for, like, four hours. Wow. Like, they just invited them in. They invited themselves. But why? Because they were hungry. They were literally was like, "Oh, I like the way you think. I like because they because people are looking for people that actually are, are not worried. Yeah, that's so. Good. That aren't that admit what's going on. We talked about it, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of Paul, all this stuff. But I it wasn't that we weren't down. were not down we were like, ah, it's going we're gonna be good. We're gonna make it. The world is looking for that. Yeah, it's good, Kevin. It's good. Come on, come on. And if you're watching, just come right to the building here. <laughs> no, we invited them. We need to experience the kingdom of God in our lives, experience the eternal will cause you to live from the tree of life instead of the tree of good and evil. We need to live eating from the tree of life. We need to constantly go to him. And I'm telling you, that doesn't mean it can be going to another podcast, even coming to church. You need to, to, to do this at home. You need to do this in your own life. Figure out what brings you peace. The Lord told me this week, tell my people to stop getting their words and their, and their, their perspective from the news. Yes. Oh, we're literally getting it. I, sometimes I wonder, some of these words, the prophetic words being released right now, are actually words that are, that are just the news. It's, that, that's not where we're supposed to be getting our God direction. On, yeah. We don't live. Our, our, we are actually heavenly beings. What's our true citizenship is heaven, which I was going to get to. Whew. He came to declare the kingdom of God is here and now. That is literally, if you don't know, you're a part of a ministry that believes in kingdom theology. That's the basis right there. That we believe that heaven is now and it's here. Good. That's why we're connected with Bethel and others. That's, that's what we believe. Yeah. That we're not waiting to live when we get to heaven and experience things, we're believing it now. Yeah, come on, come on, because we see it and live it. You can't tell people... There's so many people in this room. If you, if you don't and have not experienced it, first of all, we'd love to pray for you if you need something. But also, there's testimonies all over this room. There is people in this room that have seen God move today. and they're und- That's why you're here. Because it's undeniable. Uh, Isaiah 61 verse uh, 1 says, The Spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound. We are called to be a light. We are called to be hope. I had a a big discussion this week with Sam Robinson, and we were, that is, is, we feel so much a mandate to make sure that this battle for hope, which has already been won, but if we, that the church rises into it. We have to start actually even using more of that kind of language that we need to choose. Take responsibility, you guys. It's that easy. I listened to a great message this week by Chris Volton. Guess what I did? I finished it. I went My kids were all playing in, in Judah's room, and I walked into his room, and I said, kids, hold on a second. Can you listen to dad for a second? I said, very cool. This is literally what I said. You guys, can you please forgive your dad? And they're like, what? I said, I, some, my, your mom and I sometimes are very passionate about certain political things and leaders. I said, I may not agree with them, but I want to tell you right now, please forgive me. We need to love them. If I've lost love for some of these people, then let's change that. Because yeah. I got convicted. And you know how easy it was? Because before I went there, I said, Lord, forgive me. I got to move from there. Do yeah. you got hatred? I love what Chris Walton just said, and people get mad about it. He has so much favor in Russia because years ago the Lord says, I, command you, I want you to learn to love Putin. Not agree with Putin. Love Putin. Yeah. And he has so much favor, he says, because he loves Putin. He actually literally prayed like literally loves That's the change, you guys. God actually wants us to love. You guys, we got to break through even in our house right now. I'm not saying even no stuff. Maybe I do. But we need to learn to actually love each other. We need to lay down offenses and move on. And and some of those offenses, you don't even go to those people. Just in your own heart say, Lord, forgive me for building the offense. Take ownership, guys. 99% of most offenses, the person had no idea they did it realize that, realize that also, this is a big one, just don't be a victim, don't be a victim, it sucks being a victim, because he never made you to be a victim, you're the more than conquerors, you're the head, how can you be the victim, you're the head, how can can you be the victim when you literally have like, he wants to give you more than he, you can even hope or imagine, that's a lot, like how is that, how are you a victim, you can't be a victim. That's why they say people that go and under slavery or in prison, it's a mindset. If, you, if there's those who chose to be in prison and never be a, never be a prisoner, yeah. those who've been slaves and never been a slave, it's a choice. I'm not talking. There's natural things to it too, but there's a but there's a choice. It's their mindset. They don't break. Why? Because they know who their master is. They know where they're going. And I'm gonna hit this once more. I just feel in my spirit. Lord, is that we gotta start concentrating on eternity and actually start believing it? Because I listen and I, we all do it. We have way too much fear in our lives about death and sickness. Which actually opens the door to s- death and sickness. Because you are a spiritual being and you actually have the power so you actually speak words constantly. Be careful the words you speak over your life. Be careful about what you admit to fear and, and be careful what you listen to. If you don't have if you're around people that are constantly speaking negative things to you, get move on. I mean it, and if they ask why are you not hanging out, it's like, I don't want to listen to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's rude. No, it's not. Yeah. It's because you have one life to live, so live it. Yeah, come on, live it. Come on. He came to set us free, so be free, live free. The greatest commission in the Bible, I believe, is, is the Lord's Prayer. It says, "Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven." You guys, just that line, "On earth as in heaven," should have us so excited. These aren't just words written in a a book. These are the words of, of God. They're Jesus Christ. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts and forgive us our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We need to let the kingdom come out of us. What does that look like? It means, what we're talking about, it's actually more simple to start off with. We, get, we build it so much. Well, when the kingdom comes, you walk in the room and everyone's healed, and set free and delivered. So, so. There it's, no, start off just bringing hope. Yeah. Try just sitting in a room with a, in a if, next time if you have to go to the doctor with a smile on your face. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's some women in the back there uh, that when they go to the doctor's, and been, I've been there, they make the place start chuckling. They've had the, uh, the, the, the uh, murder room like literally just laughing. And they're there for a serious reason. But that's not, I know them. That's not their hope. Their hope is in Jesus. It's incredible. And they know going through hard times. They know what it feels like. But they choose. And it's not always easy. And we need to honor people like that. Oh, for real. People go through hard times. And and sometimes in the charismatic faith world, we're like, oh, they're in a hard time. Let's just kind of stay away from them right now. No! No! We can admit that there's things that we don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. We can admit that. We have people that pass that I do not understand. I'm like, God, give me understanding. And he, for some reason, I don't get it. All I know is, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do know that he's real. I do know that I've encountered him. And I've seen people set free. I've seen people healed. And I've lived healed. I literally experienced him too much. And that you can't get me to deny. Because yeah. yeah. he's moving today. Yeah. He's moving today. We need to change the atmosphere where we go. Like, literally, that's what I love. I love it. That, that, again, the winsome. I love it because we get to be really real. And actually, we do tons of activations, just so that you know. If you don't like activations, I could tell you, still come, but you will have a hard time. No, because we actually don't want you to leave not doing stuff. We've we, we done that too much. We literally have done it too much. We're really good at telling a bunch of people stuff. I I sit down with people and they can tell me 30 reasons why they're not healed or 30 reasons they're healed but they haven't prayed for one person. We have to shift from that to the goal of the gospel. Like I said, the commission, and that is to see heaven touch earth and whatever that looks like. If it means buying the person a drink in front of you at Starbucks, it changes the atmosphere. Speaking life changes the atmosphere. Being honorable changes the atmosphere. Now, I, and then we go further. Let's see the miracles. Let's, it's the shift in life. There is people walking around that so need a miracle. And if we would just, we're in the places. And if you took the time and the moment to try it. When I say try it, it doesn't happen. It's not your responsibility. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? They laugh at you. Ha, ha ha. Good. They're responsible to deal with that with God. Because they're not actually laughing at you. Because you're a walking, child-living of God. You actually are an ambassador of Christ, which actually means you actually are heaven walking around. And again, I don't understand why not everyone gets healed right away. I have some ideas, because if I start praying for everybody and they instantly healed up the, our, the human nature these days, especially where the church is at now, you would just make me into, a, into a, something of a superstar, and then I'd get all a bunch of pride probably, and I'd probably screw up. And I don't want that. So I want to see him raise up a bunch of people that we see so many people healing, so many people prophesying, so many people releasing the kingdom that it doesn't matter. It'll just be another person. Well, did you meet them? Did you meet them here? And I've been part of something like that. I had breakfast with some people this morning. And I actually have to hear, they, they haven't been to Abbotsford since 2005. And when they, when they were part of Abbotsford and stuff, they are like, I don't even know how I got connected to that old group with that you were part of. It's just that everywhere we went, there was people praying for people, people all over the place. And they got hungry. He was a Baptist kid that we left Abbotsford for the charismatic, and it was so cool to hear. And I'm like, and I, and, and Sammy and both looked at each other like, we gotta see this again. We gotta see this again. We gotta see God move like that again, but even greater. Because and I'll tell you why it's greater. Because we, we, I believe that where we are, we're creating and trying to live a kingdom out of relationship and not out of performance. Yeah, good. Right. We need to stop just because somebody sees a miracle doesn't mean they're the next leader. You guys, we need to actually raise up people like like in Winsome and raise people moving in the stuff and actually send them into the world. Uh, It used to be 3% of the the body of Christ was ever going to have a platform or have a place in the church, and now they say it's down to 2%. That's the last stat I just heard a couple weeks ago. So what about the other 98? But we have to be preaching a message that we say That's amazing. It's not about just sharing up here about, oh, look what we did. Look what we did. No. I wanna, we, We're going to start seeing. I want to see some more testimonies from out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because that will change places. Yeah. Come on. We need some CEOs raised up so we can yeah. get some new carpet. No, just thank you, Jesus. <laughs> That's a bad joke. That's a bad joke. Wow. It's not about God can do whatever he wants. He can bring this stuff. Cause, but I mean it. Bring in Lord. I, I pray all the time. Th- bring in the business people. Yeah, come on, Kevin. Bring in the business people. Good. So good. Not because I care about our building, but I, I like to see God do amazing things. Yeah. I like him to make things look good. I grew up in that in the other side where, where our buildings were very, very nice. We just didn't have much of a move of God. <laughs> Why don't we do both? Yeah, on, I believe we can. Because our focus isn't on that. We need to see breakthrough, which we all know. We need to live a lifestyle that we like, the feeding of the five thousand, that we can take a couple of things and multiply it. We, we, you guys, when God blesses, I love these these declarations we do. We don't just do that for no reason. Like we see it, we 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 just before we go, I have to testify right now. Just before we go on holidays, out of nowhere, we get connected, and um, oh, we've always put the name of the company. Hallmark filmed the movie in our house. Random. Literally, while we're on holidays, and they pay you to do it. How does that happen? It doesn't even make sense in our neighborhood. It just happened. Somebody else was down, like they filmed a couple blocks away, and somehow they pick us out of all the hundreds of houses. Why? Because we're expecting favor. I'll be honest, we're expecting you're sowing. Because I do want to say that, because so often in the charismatic world, we sound crazy. Oh, God just pays for that. He does that. He just does that. Oh, he wiped my dad. No, there's there's, there's stuff that all came into the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's sowing and reaping. And sowing and reaping is not just about money, folks. Yeah, it's, it's about love. It's about it's about sowing in people's lives. Because guess what? He cares way more about people's lives than money. Yeah. He's way less worried about how big your house or nice car they is than the, than, than the relationship. He cares way more about the relationships in your life. And there's a whole realm that I feel that like the church misses about sowing and reaping a lifestyle. You sow joy. You sow, you want, a, you want more hope in your life? Give away hope. You start going around, even if you don't even believe it in your mind, and choose to be saying what I'm saying, going like, no, there's hope. You guys don't worry. Yes, oh, if, you, if you want me to stand with you and, and say they can't make me do something, I'm fine with that. But I'm, that's not holding me back from my hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter what happens, I still have hope. Yeah, that's good. And no matter what, God is my provider. God is your provider, not your job, not your, he is. Yeah. One of the coolest things in my marriage is when my wife told me, Donna, she's incredible, she said, Kevin, I don't worry about our finances because you're not in charge of them. Yeah. He is. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. But she had to live a lifestyle, I won't get into her own testament. but as a kid, they didn't have much. They had to leave their father and, and a whole bunch of stuff, so they, they watched how God provided and so by the time I married her, I have a fortune. She's not worried. She literally is not worried. It freaks me out. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. Her faith is way beyond that. Oh, who cares? I can't ask her what to give anymore. I asked her when we are first married. I'm like, in the, uh, all the time, I'm like, how much to give? She's 10 grand. I'm like, we don't have 10 grand. <laughs> well, what do we have? I'm like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Because that's her heart. Because she literally lives. She, can't, she knows you cannot give God because she's watched it. She's lived a lifestyle and seen it. And we have undeniably seen that. I'll tell you a cool testimony. I'm going off a bit. But I'll tell you because I believe, no, I believe this because God's not about money. I'm not taking an offering. But like, I won't, trust me. But I'm telling you that he loves to see his body blessed. He likes to show off his family, right? So we're married. I'm youth pastor over at uh, Global, a fresh fire. And we didn't have anything just going for Jesus, and we get, we're in this little old, um, old basement suite, and like literally, it was cheap as we could find, but we knew we were going to get our own place, so we're going to buy a condo, so we finally scrubbed up, literally saved up our first 500 bucks. there's a reason I tell you that, so $500 <laughs> down payment, back then, actually, you'd be surprised, we only needed like 20 grand down payment back then, um, that was many years ago, and honestly, I'm in the meeting, this, this, we're in these meetings, and all of a sudden, there's this whole offering in the middle of the thing, and the God's moving supposedly. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying, and my mindset was okay. Another offering, good. Okay, and then, we took a lot back then. And so then we're doing this thing, and the Lord says, "Give 50 bucks for your breakthrough. The offering, right? Just be honest. That's all he said, 50 bucks, and I'm like, No, God, that's just that's 50 dollars out of our 500. That's how I literally thought. He says, Okay, you want to play that way, Kevin? Now I put those words that way. He just said, okay, if that's what you want to do, then write, go get, go get the envelope, ask for an envelope, and we'll write your credit card number on it. I'm like, okay. He says, now ask Donna. I said, what? <laughs> Remember, he said $50. He literally, literally, I said, looked over to Donna and said, so Donna, what do you say? She said, $500. I wrote it, threw it up in the front. I'm like, no! Literally, I didn't even do it joyfully. I'm honest. I'm like, oh, no! You serious? I'm serious. That's how I felt. And I'm like sitting there the rest of the meeting, not even concentrating on Jesus. I'm just like, oh, man. That can't be God. I think I just got fooled. I'm totally convinced I'm fooled. I'm walking out. Sam, Sam and I have been friends for many, many years. He's walking out. He goes, Kevin. And he never usually asked me this. He goes, Kevin, what do you think about that offering? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> the way he asked it, I'm like, it doesn't sound like he believed it or something, right? I'm like, well, you won't believe what I did. He's like, no, you did. He told me to do 500, and I said, no. Sorry, Sam, I'm telling everybody this. He goes, you're going to get breakthrough, and I didn't. He goes, I saw the angel there, and I blew it. Wow. And guess what happened? How was it, a month later? We owned a, a, this is my wife. She pushes. We went and looked at some place we could afford, and then we, and all of a sudden, the next thing we bought something we couldn't afford, a penthouse suite in, uh, in Abbotsford. Gorgeous place. And literally, he just started, in the, the, the crash, we made money off of it. Like, literally, back then, when the crash, we made money. Why? Because God, not because of me. I take no credit in that. I don't because that's the key, you guys. Put the focus on him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you get blessed, stop thinking, oh, look what I did. Oh, because I listened Jesus. No, it's from his grace. It's his grace. I love it. God will tell me we'll get blessed for something, and all of a sudden he'll, he'll tell me because he'll be like, Kevin, you know where that came from. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, when you did that. Oh, and that's when I didn't want to do. it. There's things, and it's not just money I'm talking about. It's when you, when you did something because you know you had to do it. Because God, you can't outgive give God in your life. Again, this isn't about money. I love to talk about this because people miss out on sowing and reaping because sowing and reaping is not just money. It's life, it's time, it's energy, it's prayer. You can't. I know of a church that they actually admit that the only reason they're staying open is because they pray. They know, they've screwed up, they've admitted that. But they say, look at us, we're still doing good. Why? Because we never stop praying. You can't lose. When many of us are not allowing heaven's realities to dictate the earthly realm. Luke 4.43, but he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities who because of this purpose I have been sent. He preached the kingdom of God to the other cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. That's the Bible, you guys. That's Luke 4.43. He's sent to release the kingdom. That's the simplicity of the gospel there. Jesus needed to explain to us how the kingdom works because it was so completely different than how things work in the world in so many areas. That's the thing. In, our, in the world tells you you fight for everything. God tells you to, to lay it all down. It's all it's backwards. Why? Because that's our citizenship. I believe in wisdom, guys. Don't, I'm not that guy that's like, oh, just throw it all away. God's good. We can't be like that. We've done that too much. And then we look broke, and they're like, ha ha, you listen to God. Get wisdom, get counsel. It's about family. When you got a bunch of people coming together, you're, you're not going to miss it. I, I'm actually saddened, I'll be honest. And I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings because I know people have said this to me before. But I actually get saddened when people say, but Kevin, how, how do I know if I've missed my calling or not? I get saddened, bec- I'll tell you why. Because when you're going after Jesus and you're really called to anything, you can't miss it. I'm telling you, you really can't. It may not look what you think it's supposed to look like, but when you're chasing after Jesus and then it becomes not chasing, you just hang out with Jesus and you're walking and all of a sudden you get distracted, he goes, hey, Kevin, come back. And you're like, okay, okay. And he can't miss it then. And then when you do screw up, he's like, oh, it's okay. I'll just pick you back up and bring you back. I actually was reminded this week of, a vi- I, uh, uh, of that amazing poem that when we think is just so, like, so sweet, it's that footprints poem. Okay. So often we actually forget that how often he actually just picks us up and walks with us. Yeah. And again, there's something about having the heart mode of saying, it wasn't me, it was you, God. Yeah. It was you. Because honestly, you can't do any of this alone. You can't. He has given you opportunity to choose to walk into this stuff. We have to take responsibility, church. Get equipped. Well, I'm already equipped. To get, to do the stuff. Yeah. Do the stuff. And, if you want, and bring people with you. Yeah. Don't wait to go and do evangelism when, until there's an evangelism called by a church. Go be evangelism. I love Jesus culture. I'm not saying everything they do is right. I love them. But I'm just saying this. I love what they do. Is that the people come to them and they're like, hey, what are you doing in the city? And Banny looks, Banny's their senior pastor. He looks at it and goes, well, what are you doing in the city? No, 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 I asked you. No, no, just first of all, what are you doing in the city? Well, actually, I've been starting to work at the food bank. That's amazing. That's what we're doing in the city. Because he's realized, the church realizes that, that the people are the people. They're the ones doing the stuff. Well, they go to, I've heard this many times, they go to Banning, they're like, so uh, when's the next discipleship class? Oh, uh, what do you mean? Well, I got these two people saved. Oh, that's amazing. Way to go. Yeah, but when's the discipleship class? Um, let's look. How about, are you free Wednesday night? Yeah? Is your home free? Yeah? Oh, yeah, you should do it Wednesday night. Well, you're coming. No, you you disciple them. Come on, you guys. The Western society is literally like, we've made it almost like, oh, we'll do our little bit of part and we'll just hand them off. Learned it. He said, go make disciples. Go make disciples. He didn't say, go bring them to church to make disciples. I am all, that's why we have a school. We want to equip. But we're an ap- I believe we're an apostolic center, yeah, which is amazing because we're gathering around family and, and we're not gathering one idea. We're, we're, we're one idea, that, which is Christ and Jesus King died and rose again. That's definitely the idea we're behind. But we actually can have different understandings of theology and everything. Why? Because we're not based around um, rules. We're based around um, relationship. Good. We can actually have different opinions. Like honestly, back to like I don't really want to know your end time theology. Because whatever happens is going to happen. It's going to be interesting when you, some of these people get to heaven and they're like, they get to meet Jesus. I don't think the first thing is like, Jesus, it didn't happen. Like, you like you missed it. Like, honestly, because these people, t- some people tell you, like, they know so well what's going to happen. And I'm like, you can stop telling Jesus how he's going to end and get, oh, this is a big one. I'm going to just, literally, when the enemy starts bringing you fear about the end time stuff, please listen to this one. Tell them and remind them. Hey, enemy. You don't have any power or authority over when the end happens. That's what my Bible says. He doesn't know. So why are we so, we're like, look what the enemy setting this up. He's saying What do you mean he's setting it up? He's always been setting it up. Look at the Egyptians, the Pharaoh, look at the Greece. World powers have been trying to be one world from the beginning. The devil wants power. You're, you're, you're the devil's biggest insult. You are, Okay, if you have not heard this, you need to re- realize this. So. That we, all we know is what about the devil really at the beginning was he wanted to be like God. Right? And that didn't work for him. So he gets tossed down. Which we know, no understanding fully, but it was void or whatever. And then the earth was created, which was where he was. And guess what Jesus does? Or God does or whatever you want to say. And he's, he's in the garden. He goes, hey, let's make man in our image. What did the devil want? To be in his image. You're an insult to wherever you go. And you need to remind them of that. Look at him and laugh. No, I'm serious. He is not a demigod. He's not some sort of equal to God. He's not Jesus' little brother, which some weird theologies think it is. He is not. He is underneath our feet. But he only gets up here when we are like when we get fearful and we give him the power. You too often, many people are lifting him up and saying, "Hey, speak to me. Tell him to, sh- to be quiet." I mean it. I have to do it. I'll catch myself. I'm very fortunate. I have a fiery wife, too. She'll tell you, Kevin, you're not listening right. Like, tell them. We do that for each other. Why? Because we all get a little frustrated sometimes. But we have to say, be quiet. Get behind me. Man, that's another defining moment. Peter gets told, get behind me. Man, he could have ran off because a lot of the church would run away. Oh, I'm offended. I don't have to be here anymore. The pastor told me that I didn't, do, I didn't hear correctly. And I know I did. So I'm leaving the church. And I'm going to tell everybody else too. Now we're just going to have church at Starbucks. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad. <laughs> but it's true. But Peter had to look and say, no. I know my identity. And I'm going to go back to Jesus. And what did Jesus end up doing? Hey, Peter, I'm going to build my church you. Why? Because he had a defining moment and he stayed. A lot of people are missing out on their, their calling or whatever you want to call it or opportunities because they didn't stick with it. Yes. They get offended and they move on. God is looking for people that are ready to stick with it and go forward. Oh, man. He, 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 we choose to walk away. Well, no. don't no, you don't understand. It was, it was their fault. They screwed up so they pushed me out. What do you mean they pushed you out? You just fought with them. Love them. doesn't mean, I'm not one of those guys you can never leave to go to a different church. I'm not saying that, but make sure it's God. And don't come here, and I'm even telling you those who are watching, don't come unless God tells you to. I'm very careful about, especially friends of mine that I invite. Why? Because I don't want to have to keep them here. God has to keep them here. If somebody comes and tells me they're supposed to leave, and 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 they want wisdom, I say, well, is that God? Let's walk through this. And if it's, if it's out of offense, I don't think you should ever lose out of a fence. Yeah. If, if it's not bad, like heresy or something, walk through it. Yeah. It's a defining moment because Peter had to make lots of defining moments. And, oh, you guys, if there's a message, I know I've talked about it a few times. There's a message, I don't even remember what it's called, by Chris Volton. It was a couple a week ago or something. It's about, it's so powerful because he nails some of this. but this, uh, It's about love. And i I, I got to say this just because I love this revelation he talked about. You guys, the church and us so often, we, we think we know everyone's motives. Oh, no, they did this because they think this. Be careful with, about motives. We're not even, let God be the judge of motives. That's not your job. The Bible actually to stay away from that. And guess why? I'll tell you something. I love it. Chris, I never heard anyone share this, before. Chris Bolton shared this. He said, you've got the disciples. You've got 12 disciples. They hang out with Jesus for three and a half years. We're supposed to make disciples. Who's the best discipler? Jesus. <laughs> for three and a half years, these guys are with them." And just before God, Jesus goes to the cross, he looks at him and says, oh, by the way, one of you guys are going to betray me. And John, the beloved, the one that lays his head upon his, on his chest, says, is it me? Come on. He's this, what do you mean? He can't discern it wasn't him. They had Judas with them for three and a half years, and they couldn't figure it out. So stop thinking you know where every Judas is and everyone else is are. No, seriously, we we need to get our focus off of each other and thinking that we know how people are thinking and deal with your offense and move forward because we're in a great hour and there's a harvest coming forth and we need to be ready to receive as the gates open wide. I'm telling you, when I push in, I'll just tell you, I see the harvest is ready. It is ready. There is a people, and I'm telling you, the, the, the devil screwed up. He's put so much fear out there that people are looking for hope. They're looking for people like us. They're looking for people that look. At, look at you guys. You guys are not fearful. You guys are mighty warriors, ready to take on anything. Come on, that's the thing, is that We have it. And I know we're a part of it, and it's not the only reason I actually believe this house is so ripe, because we've stayed strong, you guys. We stayed in leaving Christ on the throne. I love it. Will's preach right at the beginning of coronavirus. He kept saying, I will not uh, crown corona. I will not crown the corona. I will only crown the king. And that's what we want to stick with. And we've stayed with it. But God is looking for a people that will stay above it. Yeah. Stay out of the fight. Yeah. Oh, but I have to tell them the truth. Don't worry. Yeah. There's, this is the truth that sets people free. So good, good. It's not about you vaccinate or not vaccinate or not. Don't worry about that. You choose. Yeah. So good. You choose. Yeah. And you don't need to go and fight and convince everyone else with you, whatever you do. Again, there's things that, this is the contention, because there is things, I can feel it, there is things to fight for. Yeah. You do that, whatever, but if that's what God's called you to do. Because if he hasn't called you to do that, there's no favor on it. Yeah. On, yeah. You're going to hit the wall. Oh. <laughs> good, good. Oof. Luke 9, 2-5. Then he commissioned them to proclaim God's kingdom and to heal the sick to demonstrate the kingdom of God has arrived. Some of you guys just need to learn to demonstrate it for yourself. What do you mean by that? Well, when situations in your own life, not in front of a crowd, not when everyone knows something, and actually trust God and say, hey, oh, I just sprained my ankle. Don't run to tell ice cream my anchor. First, just pray for it. See what happens. We're so quick. Oh, we need the doctor. No, first try it. I love it. I love talking to people that are from other nations. Like, like Willis is a great one. Because that's all they knew. When he, where he grew up, his house was known in the place. You got injured or sick, you go to his house. We don't-that's so foreign to us. It's so foreign. Well, why do the miracles all happen in Africa? Is God bigger in Africa? No, it's because they actually have no other option. It's either see the leg healed or cut it off. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And I love doctors. God uses doctors. Yeah. But let's make God the first one. Yeah. Let's make him the hope first. Yeah, that's good, Kevin. That's good. Come on. He'll use both. Yeah. But we want to see God move. We've got to start actually expecting it. I've been around certain ministers at incredible healing ministry and one of the coolest things that we, I was just talking to somebody about this this morning like one thing I really learned from them is that when they pray they're not concerned about the results because they got the revelation here that Jesus paid for it but they, they got the revelation here that not the head knowledge the revelation I guess it's here got the revelation and when they pray they have no doubt that something happened if it manifests or not they're not worried about it they did what God told them to do and they moved on We're so concerned about our identity that we sit there going, oh, no. Well, maybe we make up reasons. Why are we making up reasons? There isn't reasons. Pray again. Do it again. I don't know. Try it again. And if it doesn't work out, do it again. Choose. I love uh, Bethel's history when Bill lost his dad. He got words right away from cancer. He says, That's it. Rick Joyner called him and says, By the way, you're not going to get double, por- like a whole other level of breakthrough in your ministry for healing cancer. Do I understand? Did he have to die to get that? I hope not. But God uses all things for the good. He's going to take whatever happened and use it for good, even if it's just to stir you up to go after something. When things happen, that's what my, my personality Something happens, I get stirred up. Yeah. You, you take one, I'll t- we're going to take 10 of yours right? We have to. We got to start learning that we actually can move in signs and wonders where we are. I love the, I have it somewhere here. Um, shoot. It's the, let's see if I have it. One second. I love this verse. Because it's in Luke 4. You know, when, when, remember I read earlier in Isaiah 61, and Jesus, But what Jesus does is he goes, and after he gets through his temptations in, in the desert, he comes out filled with power. He goes into to the synagogue and he literally um, reads the verse that is prophesying the Messiah, Isaiah 61. And then he goes, oh, it's been fulfilled today. Well, what do you think that's going to cause? It caused an issue. So what do they do? They grab Jesus and they're like, boom, 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 we're going to bring you over the cliff. And, then, and this is a sweet little verse. Then the people went to throw off Jesus off a cliff, but, oh, here, they mobbed Jesus and threw him out of the city, dragged him to the edge of the cliff on the hill on which the city had been built, ready to hurl him off. Verse 30, but he, rocked, he, but he walked right through the crowd, leaving them all stunned. Hey, we've been told that we can do things greater than Christ did. Some of us need to just walk through the crowd. We need to turn and walk and I don't look back. We've learned what happens to that. You might turn to some salt. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's true. We just Some of us just need to walk through the cloud, crowd and stop letting it affect you. Yeah, good. Please, you guys, stop letting the world affect you. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. He demonstrated the kingdom of God has arrived. As he sent them out, he gave them these instructions. Take nothing extra on the journey, just as you go are. Don't carry a staff, a backpack, food, money, or not even a change of clothes. Whatever home welcomes you as your guest, remain there and make it your base of ministry and wherever your ministry is rejected, where your ministry is rejected, you leave the town and shake the dust off your shoes and testimony before them. You just leave. Don't, don't Don't get into a fight. He didn't say, okay, now call, phone, get on messenger and get a hold of all the rest of your disciples and let's go and fight these guys. Let's tell them how they messed up and missed Jesus. No. He said, move on. You guys, there's too many people that need Jesus. Yeah. There's, the harvest is ripe. There's apples hanging on the thing, but instead we're running around and looking at the one tree everyone's already tried to get on. It's true. It's cool. I've been hearing some incredible breakthrough and things happening in certain ministries, in there, and you find out, but the, I'm like, oh, well, I never heard of that ministry. Yeah, because they're going to places no one will go. And they're seeing breakthrough. Next, is it? Two weeks from now or three weeks later, Bill Pranker if you don't know who he is, he's a, spirit, a father of, of Canada, a spiritual father, whatever you want to talk about, a very man that I would honor. He has brought breakthrough for Canada. He, he has pushed in for Canada. He's, does anyone not know who Bill Prankard is? Oh, you'll love him. He ministers, and not that it's about who you minister with, but he literally ministers beside Benny Hinn and others. They're all best friends. They've seen God move. But I'm telling you, You'll hear from him maybe, I don't know. He has ministries that go all up north and go after the natives and all this stuff. Places no one will go. And you hear the testimonies and the salvations. It's incredible. Why do you think God honors him and allows other people to honor him? Because he's paid a price. Because he took the heart of the Father. He didn't just take the easy road. Right? And and we're blessed. He's coming. Cool thing is he has to come. He got a hold of us. He got a hold of Brent. He loves Brent. He knows Brent. It's awesome. Whew. We're gonna end here. Um, shoot. Um, we need to choose. We need to choose in this moment. I get you, you know, just to stand up. We can have the keys or whatever if you want. Whew. I think we've had a lot. Yeah, there you go, Miles. Thanks. I just I just burning with and we titled this message the Lord told me normally I never get a message. He says it's defining moments. The church is set up. People, not the, ch- and he said, it's not just the church, it's individuals need to make their defining moments. Are you going to look at David's breakthrough or Bob's breakthrough or, or, or anybody's breakthrough and go, oh, look what God does stuff on them. He never does stuff on me. Or are you going to say, hey, I'm going to join in? Yeah. Yeah. Or are you going to join in and take the land? Are you going to take it? Are you going to take that promise? And the promised land is ripe, you guys. It's ripe. And are you going to be a Joshua and Caleb? Or are you going to be the rest? Did you realize it? Go study. this. You know how many years later after they took the promised land was the first time they took on a giant? But wait a minute, they didn't go into the promised land forever because they saw the giants. They didn't even have to fight the giants. They just had to possess the land. God is moving and has set you guys up. He has put you in a place, and I'm telling you, He put you in this house. And so we're accountable for that. As people, I have realized more in this season that I personally am accountable for things I've experienced that God has done for me and has shown me or I've been a part of. And, and, and the words given to us that I'm accountable. Not everyone else. I'm accountable for what God said to do. And each one of us need to step in and say, I'm in a defining moment. I can either choose to get caught up with the things of this world I can get caught up and go, oh my goodness, I'm going to do this and this. Or I can say, nope, I'm going to go take on the Goliath. Why? Because we actually do know the end of the story. And we actually know the end of the main story, and that's, we've won. Yeah. And we, some of us need to say, hey, I'm not going to wear Saul's armor. Because guess what? That's in the story. Well, you got to protect us. No, you got to be who you are. I'm calling today for people that are willing to say, I'm defining today. I am choosing today no matter what. Don't beat yourself up with yesterday. I don't, God loves, his blood is so powerful. What he did on the cross is so powerful that you can choose today. It doesn't matter if you lived the last 20 years running from your call or running from what God's told you to do. He does, he actually is okay because guess what? He'll change that in a moment. He will change that in a, just in a second. Don't live in the past. Live for today. Choose to be ones that walk and believe that uh, that the waters could be open. Like Israel is walking through the dry land. We can choose to be a people that can take water from a rock. Yes. What do you mean? Why do you bring that up? Because I'm hearing all this. Well, we won't be able to buy food. We won't be able to do this. God is your provider. Yeah, on, yeah. God is your provider. But please, I'm telling you. Don't wait till things get really hard to start realizing that God's your provider. Don't wait till you get to a place where they're about to, you have to make a decision of life and death. Make sure you have such a relationship that those, those decisions are all made before you get there. Because yes. it's way easier that way. And you may never get to that place. You may never have to. Come on, because God is moving. And he's put his hand upon each one of you. He wants to fill you up to do the works of the kingdom. He's given you the power of God that rests upon Christ. Jesus is upon you, that resurrection power. So right now, just put your hands up. Let's just I just want to pray a, a fresh fire over us right now, Lord God. A fresh commissioning, Lord God. A, a, a defining moment right now, Lord Jesus. We ask, Lord Jesus, come. Come. If it's possible, can I get the worship team, if they're able to, if you can. Does that song, Yeshua? I just want to I want to sing over us because that's like back to the transition where Jeremy said it's about Jesus. Everything I've said today really is just the basic version of getting us back to talk and look at Jesus. When he becomes number one for real, things change. And I say it again: when he becomes number one for real, for real's the word. And we have to get real with ourselves. So, Lord, just come. I actually pray, Lord God, just like you saw this morning, Lord God, those angels coming in this place. I pray that we commission your people, though, that they would they would strengthen them. I thank you, Lord Jesus, right now. Thank you, Jesus. You are moving. You are moving right now in Jesus' name. Let your fire come. Let your fire come. Lord, I thank you that you are raising. up. A there we go. Maybe I did that. wait for a second. I, don't got I just want to give him time. I want to give you time. Let it not just be a, a time of a, just another preach, another message. It's not about me. I, it, that's my biggest prayer. Let just God move. Let him move on your life. Make choices right now. And I, I, I dare you, I actually dare you to right now. Lord, forgive me for this. Renew my mind right now, Lord God. Renew my mind. Lord, sorry I got caught up. Sorry that I I go to the newspaper, or I go to to Facebook, or I go to to Fox News or whatever newsmax before I go to the Bible. Lord God, let our discussion and our lifestyle be about you. Let it be focused on you. Lord God, open our eyes to the harvest that is ready, God. And, Lord, let it be a defining moment today and say, no, 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 no. Like David looked and said, no, no, no. There's no giant going to mock what I'm called to do. And it's that easy, you guys, because it's way easier now than it was for David, because Jesus did it. So right now, even in your mind's eye, I would say just go kill the Goliath in front of you. Kill it. You are a giant killer. You are a giant killer, because you are glorified. You are glorified, Jesus. Worthy are you, God. Holy, holy are you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, you are upon that throne. You are worthy. Lord, like Isaiah 6, God, Isaiah saw you in your majesty, in your majesticness, Lord God, and he was undone. Let us get undone in this hour. So that when you cry out and say, who can I send? Who will go? We will be ones that will say, I will go, Lord. I will be sent. And Lord, I thank you that it's so cool because you're sending people together. You're sending us as a body. You're sending us to the worked and running together. We are so fortunate to be living in a time that we actually have reality that we don't have to just do things on our own. We get to do things together. Lord, just Jesus, we magnify you. Anytime you're ready, let's just sing Yeshua. Yes, Jesus. Let's give him the glory. Let's give him a glory offering this morning. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hear your cry of your people, God. Hear the cry of your people. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Come on, there's a cost to intimacy. There's a cost to intimacy. us, Lord. Teach us, Lord. We want more. We want to counter more. For those watching online, I've just blessed you guys. I'm going to have the cameras turned off. There's things happening here and I just want God to move. But this is about everyone's individual encounter. So I'm just going to have, be blessed guys. If you don't know about ours, check out Winward.ca. If you just happen to stumble on this. If you need Jesus, get a hold of us. Be blessed. Go after more of Jesus. We love you guys. So thank you for joining it. But you guys, let's keep on worshiping in the house.